Anthony on Air Podcast back for another episode. Thank you so much for being here. Obviously, we're going to talk about the huge news that is happening. Uh, President Trump impeached for a second time. What that means moving forward. And uh, President Trump speaks. We'll actually hear. I'm going to play for you everything he had to say today uh, during this impeachment process. Plus, Ghislaine Maxwell has a TV show coming. Stop it. Ghislaine Maxwell TV show. Plus, Nicole Kidman was just cast as Lucille Ball. Might have a couple of other little things to throw into the mix on this very special episode that is brought to you by our good pals over at Hero Soap Company. Pick up a bar right now. Link in the description below. Frankie C is here with us for this episode. How you doing, my friend? Doing okay. How's everything on your end? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I was surprised to see that the president was impeached earlier today. Shocked, Were if you? you will. I was. I was. Why? I didn't. I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, I checked in on Twitter earlier, and I was like, "Oh, they're debating." I thought this was like the debate. I feel like last time there was like debates and this and that. There were. Um, and then next thing I knew, they were going for a vote. So. Uh, they, well, the debates happened all throughout the night. It was like uh, nonstop up overnight. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I just. I kind of just checked in during the day, and I was like, "Oh, cool, they're debate. Okay, whatever." And then next thing I know, they were having a vote, and I was like, "Oh, is this going to happen?" And next thing I know, boom, it had happened. Yep. Uh, interesting. This time, ten Republican um, uh, House members voted to impeach. Which That's we correct. We did not get last time. So ten. I think the, last time we got one, right? I think it was a small number, like one. Yeah, I heard a rumor as I started. Romney, I think was a lone guy. As I started to check in, I was like, "Oh, there might be as much as as many as seven. And you know me, I'm like harsh on the media. I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, you can't really believe everything, you know, you hear. It's like they're especially when they're talking about. By the way, when they when I say that, I mean when something is reported. That's different than when they're like. Sources say we hear blah, blah blah. That stuff I tend to take with a grain of salt. So that was yeah, a, like the things we say. Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. So it was like seven. I was like about. when they said seven, I was like, oh, I'll believe it when I see it. And then it was like, oh, there was actually ten. I was like, well, okay then. I was like, well, then well, that was they were off, but the other way they had that one right. Um. So um, it is a historical moment. This is the first president in the history of the United States ever to be impeached twice. That's official. And in one term. Yeah. There well, might be future presidents impeached twice, but will they be impeached in one term? Excuse me. Excuse me. Nobody, nobody in will, history. Nobody will beat me. I got impeached twice. Best Two president times. as far as impeached goes. Look, okay. ready? Ready? Boom. <laughs> All right. The deuce. They're going to call me Donald Deuce. Clinton only had one impeachment. I'm that much better than Bill Clinton. Twice is good. Yes. The Took best. him two terms to get one impeachment. <laughs> I did two impeachments, one term. <laughs> Unprecedented. Historic. I would have had a third impeachment if Biden didn't steal this election. Okay? That's at, all I'm going to say. At least, at least three. Two more <laughs> in four years. We could have done it, but they stole the election. <laughs> they stole a third impeachment. We would have had it. We would have done it. History in the making. Why do I love bad impressions so much? I stole my internet. I, I love my bad impressions almost as much as I love your good impressions, Frank. I just don't know why I enjoy. They're the, fun. They're fun to do. They're I fun. Mean, yeah. They're fun to watch, but they're also fun to do. Everybody watching and listening, they sh you should try it. it it's it's cathartic. It helps. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. This is not what we're here for. We're here to tell the truth. Okay. I will drive. I'll be driving around in the car by myself and I'll, I'll be like, excuse me, excuse me. Where's your blinker? Could have used more blinker. I, next time I go to a drive through, <laughs> I'm going to order as Donald Trump. <laughs> Big Mac, please. Can large I get it? Large fries. <laughs> Can I get? But, but, excuse, an, me, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Apple pie. Because it's American. I only eat American things. Apple pie. Can you I'd build like... a wall between the apple pie and the McNuggets so they don't touch? We can't have them mingling. Can't have them cross. Can't cross the border. 
Yes, hi. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'd like to place an order. I have a problem, though. I want a quarter pounder, but I gotta go number one. Can you make the quarter pounder meal number one so I could order the number one meal, please? Thank you. Thank you. I, I, want, the, I want the two cheeseburger meal because I was impeached twice. <laughs> one cheeseburger impeachment all right that's now, my rule you went too that's far that's the diet i am on that was uh, now you're showing your agenda frank and that's that's see, not... no if there was an impeachment special on the menu it would have two of everything <laughs> no. you can either call it the noah's ark or the impeachment now i'm on everybody's side uh that's that's trashing you in the comments okay um no but i would like i would love to know yeah, from don't. people in the comments and if you're listening on twitter tweet us at anthony's faves uh, links info over at anthonyandair.com. Were you surprised by the impeachment? I was. I was. I didn't see it coming. Maybe because I wasn't paying attention enough. I didn't think that they had time. I know when Pence said no to invoking the 25th Amendment, I thought that'll be it. You know, I didn't think it would come well, about this quickly. Subject. Yeah, and you know what? I would also love to know um, how people feel about the 10 Republicans voting for because the story that's circulating now and by the way this came from a republican one of the republicans that voted for it he was saying and i forget his name I, but i just i was you know just looking at a clip he was saying that there would have been a considerable amount more of of republicans that voted for it mm -hmm. but they didn't because typical to you this is by the way typical politics they don't they won't vote for something if it's going to cost them their seat next time up. So they would, you know, so those backdoor conversations happen all the time where it's like I would vote they for They got to represent their constituents. I under, I you know. I don't even think it's that. I think they're just looking out. No, I think they're just looking out for their own skin where they're like I can't vote for this amendment or I can't vote for this bill or I can't vote for impeachment because if I do, I'll I'll get clobbered next time next time out when I got to go run or the Republican Party will run another Republican against me or whatever, you know, so they, they can't. If yeah. you'll notice the the representatives in delicate areas that are up for grabs, those are the ones that don't take those chances. The ones that are in Republican, you know, lock holds that are never going to not vote Republican. They can they can They're take a hit. They can they can. No, I'm saying they can take a hit because they know. They're they're not going to vote for their Democrat oh, in this so area. Think, yeah, so you think no matter what they say, they're going to be reelected next time. They could say, you know, Trump could, should go to jail, and they'll still be, no matter what, because just simply because they're Republican across the board. Correct. Yeah, because well, what if another Republican runs against them? It's possible, but those people feel like, oh, I I can withstand that. Those those I'm talking about those people, and not just impeachment. I'm talking about in general. Like if there's a vote coming up, if they think that it'll cost them their seat, they won't vote. They won't vote that way, even though they may yeah. agree with it or believe with it. You know, so that that stuff tends to happen. I think there's also a little fear. I mean, I don't know why now, but and maybe that's why there are ten people because a little bit of the fear of retaliation from the president himself. There is that. Yep. Well, yeah. You know, but the, now there's only a week left, so I think some of them saw that they had nothing to lose on that end. Yeah, I am. I am so dying. That way. I'm dying to see what what happens after the inauguration, because, you know, the, like I, I honestly I, I really, truly feel that. And we're going to play you President Trump's comments in a second. So you'll see you'll hear it for yourself. I really, truly feel that he feels that he screwed up royally. In this last week, especially in this last week. And I'm curious to see how this plays out, because I don't think anybody I mean, there may be people with strong opinions out there, but I don't think we all really know how this is going to be. Is he going to be nobody does Teflon Don and maintain his status and stature after the after he leaves office or is it going to be the kind of thing where people don't really need him anymore he's not the president he doesn't have the power so the republicans that were just going along to get what they needed are they going to start pulling away from him and and throw their support behind 
whoever else is next, or maybe their their own self. You know, there, I'm sure there's plenty of people in the Republican Party that want to run in 2024 that are going to start to mount that pressure of forget that guy. He screwed everything up in the last two months. Get behind me and I will take the Republican Party into the next step. I think that's I think it's going to be more of that, more of the Republican Party disassociating, disassociating or dissociating, disassociating, disassociating themselves with Trump. They're going to be they're going to write him off as we tried this. It didn't work. Let's move on from him and look. let's look forward to the next person that we can get in office. I think that's what they're going to try to do gradually. But I think that's the direction they're going to go in. It's not a dumb direction, but I think that's the way they'll go. Well, I'll say this, uh, you know, that's a distinct possibility, but I don't think he's going away either way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he is. He's not. I don't think he's going away either way. I just want to know how he's going to be received by both people, government and the party, because I think that. If there is an opportunist there that is going to jump up and be like, forget him, ride my coattails, that person, I think, has got to be ready for a fight with um, with President well, Trump. And I think I also think, too, Frank, not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but I also okay. think that, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell's response to all this has been really, really interesting because, you know, he said uh, he said a couple of things up up at the front. He said that. um he didn't believe that they should do the impeachment. I believe he said that a day or two ago. No, he said that he did. He he wanted to go for impeachment. Oh, did he say that? He, he, I, he supported impeachment. Mitch McConnell supported. It. Okay, then he then he supported. I thought it was the other way around because I was going to say because then his next thing was he went out to the Republican Party and he said, "There's no blanket vote here. You guys vote your con vote your conscience. Vote for how you want to exactly. vote." Um, and I also think too, it's a little bit easier for him in this scenario personally, because he's no longer going to be the leader in the Senate. Chuck Schumer is going to be the leader. So he's not going to have to face any of this. He's, he's going to be the minority leader in in that once that goes. Plus I think he's hedging his bets too. I mean, he's, he saw that his race was very close on his last election. He he won reelection, but I think he saw that it was very close, so he's kind of riding the fence a little bit here. He's, yeah. he's supported Trump all this time, and then he's supporting impeachment. He's not supporting 25th Amendment. You know, he's kind of riding the fence a little. He'll say, I support impeachment, but then he'll, he'll waver. You know, he's trying to play it safe, I think. Well, let's be um, honest, too. Let's remember, and, and a lot of, because four years ago was a long time ago, especially since this year took 10 yeah. years to get through. Uh, but four years ago... Nobody really liked this guy or took him seriously. Like when you look at Ted Cruz, Trump, until nobody liked him now. Until he started winning half the country. Yeah, and no, no, no. This is there's no fighting this until he started winning. Oh, the guys he was running against and stuff. Yeah, I didn't like McConnell and Graham and all these guys. They weren't piping up and going. You know who our man is, Trump? When there was like ten guys in the field, they nobody was saying that. It was only until yeah. he started winning Nobody that they were like, him. right, right. So I think that, and that's why I say, I wonder what the response is going to be afterwards because the party, despite the fact of maybe they didn't like him, got behind him because he was working and it was working and he was winning and he was getting things passed and, you know, he was doing what he had to do. He was helping the agenda, you know. When once you're once you don't have that main source of power for why you're there, I don't know what happens to you. You know, I, I I'll be curious to see what happens to you because up until now, he's still the president, so he's got that for anybody to keep anybody in line. He's still got that. Once you lose that, I don't know where we go from here. I would love to see um, what's his name, Lindsey Graham. Once Trump is out of office and he's gone. I would love to hear Lindsey Graham because in the beginning of this whole thing of four years ago, four and a half years ago, whenever he was saying, if we get Trump elected, if uh, if Trump is elected, then where our party is going to crash and burn, it's going to be over and we'll have ourselves to blame. He's the worst thing to happen. He has no more. You know, he was saying the worst things about Trump in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And once he does, once he's not 
in power anymore. It'd be very interesting to, to hear what he says. And it's also interesting to watch McConnell and even Democrats and Republicans right now taking the temperature of the room and their constituents on what's exactly going to happen. Because I will say, you know, when the when the Capitol happened a week ago, we knew it was bad. But I feel like the more this week has gone on and the more the stories have come out and the more footage we've seen from these things, I don't know how anybody else feels, but I feel worse about it today than I did last Wednesday and last Thursday because I've seen more of what really went down everywhere. And I it, it looks worse to me today than it did last week. I don't know if I'm alone in that. Oh, yeah. Well, nothing. You're not. Once you dive deeper into that kind of a situation, the more information that comes out, it's not going to be good information. Yeah, I guess so. You know, you're going to get uh, profiles on the people that did it. You're going to get uh, uh, the number of people who died rose as the days went on. It was, I think it's five people total uh, died from that. When the like the first day we were at, we they were thinking three, but then a couple of days went by, people passed away. Um, so it just got worse and worse. But um, I don't know. I feel like the president he put out a statement today regarding the impeachment a little bit, but it was mostly about last week. And I think that statement should have come out a week ago. All right, well, we'll play exactly what the president said right after we uh, do our sponsor read for Hero Soap Company. Absolute best soap on the planet. Uh, no debate about this. No taking the temperature in the room. We all know that this is the greatest, excuse me, excuse me, greatest soap ever made. Two bars, please. Ever. Bars. <laughs> agenda, Frank, your agenda's showing. That's my favorite comment, by the way, when people are like, do they have... Your agenda's showing. <laughs> Do they have peach or mint flavor? Because I'm peach mint. I love peach mint. I'm peach mint. That's my favorite flavor. It smells the best. I use it all the time. I use it at least twice in my term. That's not that funny, but it caught me so by surprise. that That's why... <laughs> That could be my epitaph. That was like it a... wasn't that funny, but he caught you by surprise. <laughs> it's so dumb. I hate that I'm laughing so hard at that. But it was just, it's just like when a fighter gets caught with an uppercut. You just can't. You go down sometimes. You can't help it. <laughs> I'm like he. I'm like mint. There's no peach flavor. For, and, and I was like ah uh, okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, here's the thing about Hero Soap Company. Doesn't care who you voted for. Doesn't care if you're Democrat sure. or Republican. It'll clean you just the same. It's because it's the greatest soap that's ever been made. Uh, you buy a bar of this, they send a bar over to the troops, and then uh, they take a little money out of their own kick, and they go ahead and uh, they build um, mortgage-free homes for our veterans. Veteran-owned and operated company, soap made right here in the good old U.S. of A. That's why your old pal aunt endorses this, because uh, it is... All kinds of good, win, win, win all around. So support Hero Soap Company. Click the link in the description below. You can get a subscription and save 20% off using the promo code Anthony. That's promo code Anthony. Use the link in this episode description. Okay, we're going to do something now that Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere else won't allow to happen. We're going to let the president uh, speak, and let's hear what he had to say. This is a uh, statement that he released. My fellow America. Oh, you want? Did you want to do it? Just moments, moments ago. Oh, it's the real president. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here you go. Got it. Speak to you tonight about the troubling events of the past week. As I have said, the incursion of the U.S. Capitol struck at the very heart of our republic. It angered and appalled millions of Americans across the political spectrum. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. Making America great again has always been about defending the rule of law, supporting the men and women of law enforcement, 
and upholding our nation's most sacred traditions and values. Mob violence goes against everything I believe in and everything our movement stands for. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. I love that he said that line specifically. No true supporter of mine could ever support political violence. That, I mean, I, I just think that that's so important because I feel like a lot of people, you know, maybe this is just social media talk and rhetoric, but I feel like a lot of people are out of control the last week or so with everything that's going on. And to say that I think was so important. I'm going to give him credit for a lot of things in this particular instance, because he's saying all the right things in this and there's more, but we'll play more for you. But I think the overall thing is, and Frank alluded to this a second ago, this was the statement that he should have made a week ago. Can I just interject? This is the kind of statement he should have made four years ago before he said other things that sort of, you could say, promoted some sort of violence. Like when he says police don't, you know, you could, you don't have to go too easy on them. Beat the hell out of those guys. You know, I'll pay your court fees if you punch that guy in the face. You know, that kind of stuff. You can't say he hasn't promoted some kind of violence in a little, little, whether it was joking or not, whether he was joking or not, he said those things over the course of his, so he should have said this kind of speech in the beginning of his term. And that's the kind of message he should have stuck with throughout. It's just when I, my opinion, it's, it's, yeah, that's your opinion. When I, when I saw what was happening last week and I saw that he tweeted out a message and I think a lot of people feel this way, even people who don't criticize him and support him. A lot of people, when he got to the part about the election was stolen from him, but everybody go home. I think a lot of people went, Oh, come on guy. Like he says every time I, this is my own personal, every time he says that stuff, you know it's lies. You just go, come on. We've heard you say this a million times. It's just not true. Yeah. You know, you could say these things. You know, no one's stopping you from saying them, but they're lies. You know, when you say lies that infuriate people, that's not helping the the matter. I think however you feel about that, lies or not lies, whichever side you, you land on with that doesn't even matter to me. It didn't need to be brought up there is is the point that I'm making. Like when you got people knocking on the door and they're like going crazy, now's not the time to be like, hey, we're right, but go home. (laughs) That's the time to be like, listen, it's gone too far. Let's calm down. Calm it down. Yes. Right. We'll regroup, which is what he's doing in this statement. Exactly. No, this was nice. He's, he's He's doing the presidential thing. And of course, he's sticking to the prompter this time, which is what he always should do. Um, so points for sticking to the prompter. Once he goes, when he goes off script, it's not a good idea. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement or our great American flag. No true supporter of mine could ever threaten or harass their fellow Americans. If you do any of these things, you are not supporting our movement. You are attacking it and you are attacking our country. We cannot tolerate it. Tragically, over the course of the past year, made so difficult because of COVID-19, we have seen political violence spiral out of control. We have seen too many riots, too many mobs, too many acts of intimidation and destruction. It must stop. Whether you are on the right or on the left, a Democrat, or a Republican. There is never a justification for violence. No excuses, no exceptions. America is a nation of laws. So, and I think the other thing to keep in mind too is 
I think he knows he screwed up last week saying what he said. Right. He's saying the right things right now. Yes. I, I I can't help but think he could have salvaged all of this if he had done this last week. And I bring that up because you ever get you ever get involved in an argument with somebody or you're always fighting with somebody and you get so you get so enthralled with winning the argument with that person that you kind of forget there's other people in the room mm-hmm. that are talking or that are making points or that are whatever. You're just so fu- I think that's what happened to him. I think he was so like part of the reason why people love him is because he's not a teleprompter president, you know? They love him because he does speak off the cuff and he's not traditional and he doesn't do the quote unquote presidential things. But I bring this up because in that moment last week, that's what was needed. Leadership, calming everything down, putting personal things aside. That's what he did today is what he needed last week. And he knows that. Everybody kind of knows that, you know, and I think, you know, I think he just, but I, but I, but am I making my point, Frank, that he lost himself? He's so, and and he's done this before. He would so be in an argument with uh, the media. And in some cases he was making good points against the media but then you kind of sit there and you look at it and go, but what, you know, but you got to, but what about the, forget the fight with the media right now. He's too busy fighting. And, exactly. And be the leader. Like the advantage. That's the, the problem. That's the miss. That's the, the thing he misses every, right. most of the time. The advantage he's too that busy the fighting, yeah, yeah. fighting the media, uh, calling them names yeah. and saying, I, I, the, everybody's against me and the election was stolen. He's too busy doing that. And unfortunately, and not, being a president. Unfortunately, this is always going to be the case for the president, for any president. You have to be the bigger person in that situation. The the, the, the dynamic of the situation is the media can be as shitty as they want, and it's not fair, and it never will be fair, but you're the president. You're responsible for all the people. You got to be the one that, that takes it on the... Ch- By the way, and every president has taken it on the chin... Every one of them. ...from some media somewhere bush took it from all the liberal media obama took it from the conservative media that stuff always happens and it will always happen and you gotta rise above and be the bigger person i think he right i think he lost himself in a couple of things here the idea of maybe that he could squeak this out or that he was just always in this fight or he was like i'm gonna keep going on what got me here but at a certain point, again, you got to read the room, and he missed, he missed the temperature of the room last week. Those who engaged in the attacks last week will be brought to justice. Now I am asking everyone who has ever believed in our agenda to be thinking of ways to ease tensions, calm tempers, and help to promote peace in our country. By the way, this was extraordinarily well thought out like you can tell this wasn't thrown together in a day there was a bunch of writers that took time to they took a week for this craft this message because not only does it put the onus on hey if you did this you're not part of my my crew but now this is also your responsibility to make sure that this doesn't happen again because it is hurting what we're trying to do more than helping see people thought we're going to take this back no matter what and that's not the way to go you're hurting the cause more than anything especially if he wants to run again in 2024 now's the time to not only not do it but make sure that nobody else does it one other thing i'll say i'm sorry but before he actually said when when he goes on teleprompter when he sticks to the teleprompter he says things like covid19 instead of China virus. When he goes off script, he says that stuff, and that's hurtful. So kudos for saying COVID-19 like a responsible person. Been reporting that additional demonstrations are being planned in the coming days, both here in Washington and across the country. 
I have been briefed by the U.S. Secret Service on the potential threats. Every American deserves to have their voice heard in a respectful and peaceful way. That is your First Amendment right. But I cannot emphasize that there must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind. Everyone must follow our laws and obey the instructions of law enforcement. I have directed federal agencies to use all necessary resources to maintain order. In Washington, D.C., we are bringing in thousands of National Guard members to secure the city and ensure that a transition can occur safely and without incident. Like all of you, I was shocked and deeply saddened by the calamity at the Capitol last week. I want to thank the hundreds of millions of incredible American citizens who have responded to this moment with calm, moderation, and grace. We- um, all, again, continues to make good points, but if I can just say something yep. here. He's saying all the right things. And I hope people respond to it. But if you want to really do the right thing, you show up on Wednesday the thir- the twentieth, and you stand it's not there. It's not about him. Like it, like it's one thing to say, "Hey, everybody, I know there's plans happening. Let's calm it down. Don't do it." I think you put the exclamation point, and you he. I think he can stop these people from doing whatever they're planning on doing. Maybe yes, not everybody, can. but he can make a big impact here. He's got a lot of loyal followers. He can tell people, stay home, which he's doing now, which is great. Right. He can say, stay home and don't make a, a, a make any trouble, don't make any violence, which he's doing. He could have done that a long time ago, but he's doing it now, and that's a good message. But if he goes, he's, he's really sending a message to everybody that enough is enough. I also think, and again, if I am... If I'm in President Trump's corner and I'm advising the president's like, Aunt, what do you think I should do here politically? I'm telling him, go to that inauguration. If you think you have a chance to run again in 2024, show up there and you be the bigger person. You be the president of the United States that you believe that you are. That's what I'm telling him. We'll get through this challenge just like we always do. I also want to say a few words about the unprecedented assault on free speech this is where the liberal media would cut him off. I, can I just say, can we just give snaps to the uh, Anthony on Air podcast, your old pal Ant and Frank here? We're going to let this continue to roll. This is where the traditional oh, liberal media would have stopped. Not cutting them off. You I'm just saying, it. I'm just saying, let the man talk, damn it. We have seen They're not cutting them off. Days. That's you. These Fake are tense and difficult times. The efforts to censor, cancel, and blacklist Our fellow citizens are wrong and they are dangerous. What is needed now is for us to listen to one another, not to silence one another. All of us can choose by our actions to rise above the rancor and find common ground and shared purpose. We must focus on advancing the interests of the whole nation, delivering the miracle vaccines, Defeating the pandemic. All right, I, I'm going to stop it there because I think we get the point. He's not going to say anything uh, new. So are you the liberal media cutting him off? <laughs> no, but I, I let him get that in there. <laughs> but my uh, all right, but he, he's saying we got to rise above the rancor. He's the he's most of the rancor. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he's the rancor. He's the guy going telling lies and spreading BS all over the place and saying nonsense. Oh, but we've got to rise above it. To my point, though, rising above it would be going to the inauguration. That would be rising above it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. If he went to the inauguration, he would prove that it was not about himself. Not going to the inauguration, that's him taking care of him. Yeah. But I think I think he makes an important point here, Frank. And if I was garnering cheers from Republicans and jeers from Democrats this whole time, I'll, I'm going to reverse it right now. He makes a good point that there's an awful lot of censorship happening right now. And let me, right. let me finish. There's an okay. awful, and I'm not just talking to you, Frank. I'm talking to all the people that are like, oh, unsubscribe. Uh, 
there's an awful lot of censorship happening um and unprecedented scary scary things like to take a world leader put aside whether he deserved it or not let's just put that aside for a second that's a big thing to put aside it's a big thing to put aside it's a lot of excuse me excuse me i don't know if we have enough side to put that but it's a but it, let's put it over aside for a second whether he deserved just comb it, or, it over comb whether it he, over. <laughs> whether he deserved it or not um and again, I think everybody knows my feeling on it that he did something wrong. I think everybody kind of feels like he did knows he did something wrong there. Um, to to put that but bit of a silence on it is a scary thing. My point is, it's not so much whether he deserved it or not. What's scary is is that the power to make that decision lies within Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and higher up people in these companies versus the American people. That to me is a problem. By the way, not a problem that Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg should be blamed for, but it is a problem that has naturally occurred in our society that we never ever really had before. You can say to me, Aunt, he deserved to be suspended for violating terms of service. Obviously, he was impeached today. I can't argue with you there. Um, but at the same time, I just want everybody to know, especially my Democrat friends, that it is scary to put that power in such a small amount of people, no matter who they are. Now, the other thing that was scary with all of this is Parler had become this place where people who felt like they were being censored on mainstream social media went to uh, go and have their their fair say, right? We got a Parler profile. We were putting the show up on Parler, probably not as often as we should have, but we were doing it. Same way we got a... TikTok profile, the same way we got a Triller profile. Like people haven't even heard of half it. People don't we even have know those things. Triller. Yeah, we got we're if there's a if somebody goes, Oh, this is a social network, we immediately sign up and we start putting stuff out because it's not about politics or agenda for us. It's about reaching people and entertaining them as much as we possibly can. So if you tell me we gotta go to Triller to do that, we'll go we'll go to Triller, you know? But Parler uh, became this sort of place, cesspool, some may say, okay, but whatever it was, for uh, right-wing conservative people. And then the next thing I know, uh, Amazon, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Apple started with, we don't know if we're going to put it in our app store anymore. Well, okay, that's fair if you don't want to carry a product in your app store you have every right to do that and then, so then you shouldn't have a problem with any of the other stuff well hold on if, if a company can pick and choose yeah but hold on and then amazon yeah. comes out and says well we don't know if we want to uh have these things on our server now again i, I will say again and and I knew this was coming with Parler to begin with because the reason why people flew over to Parler is because Parler was what Facebook was when Facebook first started. It was the wild, wild west. There was no moderation. There was no responsibility. There was no people keeping a watchful eye. And what happened? Bad stuff started to happen. And what was the result? Facebook had to put rules in to make sure that said bad things don't happen. And by bad things, I mean people injuring people on the platform, people hurting people, people bullying people. You remember those stories back in the day of so-and-so like strangled somebody out live on Facebook and blah, 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 and all this crazy stuff that was happening because they didn't have all the regulations and things that they needed in place. So they had to go put that in place. And then what happens? Everybody then goes to Parler but where do you think Parler was going to wind up had it continued to grow the way Facebook grew? They would have had to install rules, rules. Have regulations. Exactly, exactly. So that's why it, that's one of the reasons why 
I'm not a fan of parlor. I'll say that on the record. You got to have some sort of regulations on these things or else it gets dangerous. Right. So for but, everyone. So whether parlor deserved it or not, it's a fair argument that they deserved it because they didn't have those things in place. That's fine. Uh, but um, my point is, is that this um, avalanche goes so quickly. You know, before we could even like assess the situation and what's going on, and and maybe more of an opportunity should have given been given to Parler to um, get their house in order. Now, at the same time, I recognize that bad things can happen if people are allowed to continue to communicate on these platforms and plan on causing harm. We're always going to try and shut that down no matter what the case. By the way, Twitter, people can get all up in arms that this is all about President Trump. Twitter's been doing that stuff for years overseas. So many people have been banned from wow. Twitter. Now, President Trump is not the first person. Exactly, exactly. Where, where do you think uh, terrorist chatting and all that sort of stuff, they've been? They've had to be on top of that for quite a while. So that, that element of it also exists. Um, but, you know... Frank, we live in scary times. It's harder for me to convince Democrats of that because they hate him so much. And fair enough for me. Again, I'm not here to change your mind. My point is, again, it's very scary. And it's through no fault of Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey that we've gotten to a place where um, people's ability to communicate in what's the popular form of communication now is entirely up to them. And I want to just say this, too, because I, I read everything that everybody says. People make really good points. On the one hand, you can say Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Triller, whatever, Parler. That's how we communicate. And if you are going to stifle somebody's ability to communicate on that, especially a world leader, you are censoring them. You are taking away their First Amendment right. But the other thing... The interesting argument that I found with that is I saw a lot of people respond to that with the man has a press room right in his house and he can walk right yeah. down that hall. He could go on TV anytime. Turn on a microphone and speak on every single cable television. And let's be honest, Twitter as well, because Twitter picks up everything that's live breaking news. Um, and he could get that message out. So how much censoring is it really if you still have the ability to do that? And I look at all of those, both sides of those arguments and I go, they're both correct. I don't, ha I can't pick one in this scenario. They're both correct. On the one hand, you got too much power in people, in a small amount of people's hands. On the other hand, he does have a press room and he can get a message out if he needs to. So the thing is, these companies, they're run by a handful of people and those are the people who, like, if I ran a company like Twitter and I saw people on that platform were saying harmful things that threatened people's lives and stuff, I would write a rule that said, no, you can't do that on my platform. So I, that, that's well within his right. Uh, Agreed. Uh, so Agreed, well Frank. Jack, no, uh, yeah, nobody's, nobody's denying that. So I, I agree. Would I the answer... So then you say, well, it takes away the First Amendment right. Well, the First Amendment is to protect you. It's, it's so that you can say what you want about, and the government can't shut you down, can't tell you to stop talking, can't make a law that throws you in jail um, because you said something bad about the government. But there, it's not as cut and dry as all that. So you can't walk into a movie theater and yell fire. So, you, so that's something that you can't do. You, you don't have the freedom of speech to do that. You can't go on a plane and yell bomb. You know, you're going to get arrested. So there are certain things that you can and can't do. Freedom That's of true. speech doesn't ben Stiller, say. Ben Stiller taught me that to meet the parents. You cannot go yeah, on a plane. You say. can't. Bomb, 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 bomb. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. So you can't, you know, the First Amendment doesn't give you the right to say anything you want, anytime, anywhere. It's not like the way it works. It's so that the government can't stop you from voicing your opinion and saying something bad about the government. You could do that all day long. But when Twitter, when Twitter says you can't do that on my platform, that's like 
uh, NBC. I can't go on NBC and say, screw you to whoever I want, because NBC makes the rules. I can't go on CBS and do that. I can't go on Fox and do that. Why? Because people run those things. Just like, think of Twitter as, uh, you know, a TV station. You can't just walk in and say whatever you want. There are rules. Yeah, but you see, the difference The difference here is, and and radio and TV people will tell you this all the time, because this pisses them off. The difference here is television is in the public trust, right? So if you want to operate a television station, you have to have an FCC license. And the, FCC, by the government. And the FCC license is administered by the government. And the reason there why... There should that, be something like that for, for social media. Right. And, and something that people might not know is that the FCC, uh, TV stations, radio stations, have to do certain things like run public programming, like run, um, what's the the warning thing there, Frank? The EAS tests. They have to run, they oh, have to the be- Emergency alert system, yeah. Emergent, they have to be a part of the emergency alert system. Why? Because if something goes wrong, they need to get the word out and they need to, right? So that's, so if they don't maintain certain things, TV stations, they'll lose their license. They won't be allowed to be TV stations anymore. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they don't have that problem. And why is that, though? I mean, when they issue. came up with TV, people just didn't go on TV and it was the wild, wild west. To have, it was regulated because I think because the reason why is because TV took so much longer that as TV grew and be, and came into the masses, there was enough time for the government to say, OK, CBS, you get a license. ABC, you get a license. NBC, you get a license. And that well, was there it. There should be social media licenses. But that was it. My point is, is that was it. And that was it for how long? I mean, for a really long time. And if you had another station in your town outside of those, it was locally owned and they had obligations to do. Facebook started radio. like this and it exploded and moved way faster and our government hasn't reacted. And my point here is, if I could wrap this up. Well, so Facebook we... and stuff, it's been around forever. No, it hasn't. Facebook, it's been around for like 15 years. 11. Give or take. 11. 11. Okay, 11 years. Why can't Facebook, Twitter, and all this thing just be shoveled into the FCC's jurisdiction? Federal communications. They should be able to, you know, regulate some stuff. I'm not saying total control. Everybody's going to say, oh, then the government's running your speech and blah, blah, blah. But that's what they do on networks and things like that. This is at least a social platform where you could communicate. But there were rules. You have to follow some rules. That you can't be a free-for-all on everything. That's just irresponsible. Let me blow your mind. That's what the president's talking about. That's what he wants yeah, to put in. in place. But he's talking about, no, he's talking about Excuse me, speech. excuse me, excuse me. Do you agree with me? I think Frank just started agreeing with me. This is No, first. he said, no, no, no. He's saying that the banning of people is taking away the free speech. I'm saying that people should be banned if they, if they mess up. Right. But I think the overall point here, here is so we don't get too lost in the weeds. And this is my point. This is a problem. It's nobody's, I mean, there's blame to go around, but it's, it's nobody's fault. I don't have the answer. I haven't heard anybody who does have the answer, but I think we all Not need even. to acknowledge that. We gotta get a. We gotta get something figured out soon, because we can't have this happen again. Yeah, I mean, we have put things in place that have taken care of things like this, like TV, like radio. This is another media that needs to be regulated. I don't see the problem. It should just be shoveled into or create another organization that regulates it that's the simple as that i think something needs to happen but I, I don't think anybody knows really what what that is just yet and uh, and i think that's okay like i said as long as we acknowledge there's a problem here that we need to work on together because the difference yeah. is is we saw radio coming right we saw all these entities coming we knew uh you know regulations were put in place before these places before TV stations, radio stations became what they were. This time around, all this stuff was privately owned. They led the they led instead of the government leading in the other way around. And now you're literally looking at 
a company that has ownership over something that goes, uh, wait a second, you want me to give this up? No, that would be like going to, you know, GM and saying like, uh, hey, uh, can't own your own company anymore. You got to, you know, you got to give it up. to. No, they can own it just like CBS and NBC and Fox are owned by, you know, whoever owns them. But they have to be, you know, follow some rules. Just like yeah. every other organization has to follow rules. I agree. I agree. But it, it's, a, it's a little bit harder to do this time around because, A, there already is some protections in place for these companies um, because they can't be sued because their content doesn't come from them. It comes from us. And, right. and B, you know, again, like I said, they invented the game and the government was way too slow on figuring that out, you know? Yeah. So it's, I think I don't know if it was I think it was you la either the last podcast or the podcast before that when the new like the younger people come into government yeah. they'll be able to sort of figure this out better than the people that are there now are no fault you know they're there a lot of people know what they're doing but when it comes to the younger stuff these older people don't know how to, how to respond to all of it I mean yeah they might know how to use it or they have other people using it but the ins and outs, what you can do, what you can't do. I mean, the younger people are going to figure that out. The next generation is going to figure that out. Exactly. It's not as important to the 60-year-old in government right now as it is to the 40-year-old. Right. And then the person who's 20 right now that's going to become a senator or whatever in the next five years, they're going to be even better at it more about than the 40-year-old. Yeah, so it's just the way that it is. It's yep. just it's just the way that it is. But um, it's a problem, and, and we need yeah. to figure it out. And I think we all just Agreed. need to acknowledge it and that's the thing like i wish it wasn't so much about twitter versus trump like yeah that's an issue but the underlying more important issue is it's about small amount of people being able to control somebody that we as a nation chose to put in place you know because just as easily as it's twitter versus jack dorsey uh, twitter versus trump today if Twitter gets sold to some crazy right-wing Republican, whatever, and he turns around and starts censoring Joe Biden, whether Biden deserves it or not, everybody on the other side would be completely up in arms. And we'd all be well, saying then, the same thing. You can't have that. You can't have this person deciding what the president There's a difference, says. though. There's a difference. Because when someone says something that leads to people being hurt in this particular case, the in this particular case, the difference is, is what he said was wrong. But what's right. my our point is is what's to stop it next time from not being that and that censoring well, then, happening anyway. The beautiful part is that the people that frequent these social media sites, Twitter, whatever, will see that and respond. Like if that happened, uh, I think it was. Uh, the people can. I don't want to say cancel, but they can respond in their way of, you know, not using the app or switching to a different app. There are options that you can utilize. Like if the app went uh, went south completely and just started promoting, let's say it went, let's, let's go the extreme. Let's say it started promoting, you know, fascism and, and white supremacy and all that. People would see that and start going, what the hell's going on? And either get away from it and Twitter would go like this. I, yeah, you know, would, hope so. Hopefully, it's the, up to the consumer. The consumer would would purchase the item or not purchase the item. You know what I mean? One and would, the item would one, disappear. One would hope, and I would agree with you. But I also think that it's harder than ever to to do these yeah. things. And I, I agree. And most people don't know this, but there's been 17 things that have come and gone and failed. You know, that was supposed to be the the you know. The conservatives answer for this or the the democrats answer for the here's the new social media believe me i'm on all of them if it gets enough of a buzz i go and start a profile i'm i kid you not i know and I wiki know. there was a wiki whatever that was the latest one that was gaining a lot of traction and then you know what happens you go on these things and you put no some, one's there no one's there <laughs> you're talking to yourself you, you go on, you put something on, you're like, oh, like 10 people saw it. Cool. This is kind of cool. And then you, you put that same thing on Twitter and 4,000 people saw it. And you're like, well, what am I wasting my time? You know, so there is that element of it, too. It, it, it might be too late in the game. 
or the other end of that frank is something starts like a TikTok, just like the, or like instagram for a better example something starts to catch fire like instagram and what happens facebook just buys it and you know what i'm saying so and they maintain their 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 foothold on things so um yep. yeah let's let's move on but it's a it's a i think it's actually you know the way roe v wade was the challenge of that time and kind of still is a little bit um i think this is going to be the thing that defines this this generation like this is going to be the great debate the same way roe v wade became an issue and is still debated to this day still defines what side of the political spectrum you fall on based I on how not. you feel about that i think this is going to be that big of a thing where people are going to be like all right we got to figure out what side of the of the coin that I we're hope on. Not. I hope this is something that we could put a cap on in the next. Well, I hope to so too. Years. But but again, I want to hammer home the point that because if you if you're a Democrat and you land one, you land the way you land on this right now, and you're a Republican and you land the way you land on this right now. I want everybody to keep in mind these things are interchangeable and can switch out, and then you could be the one that's in trouble or not in. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's important for everybody. But I, we, we hammered it but, to death. Yeah. I'm okay. All right, uh, that's fine. Uh, uh, next topic: uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is getting a uh, TV show. It's not like she's not getting a TV uh. show, but her 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 story is getting a TV show. Um, this uh, was broke today on uh, Deadline. Had the story, I, I believe. Yeah, Deadline here. Uh, so they are the film production company Eleventh Hour Films has taken the rights to this uh, podcast called Hunting Ghislaine, uh, which focused on when Ghislaine disappeared after Epstein was arrested. And they're going to turn that into a limited TV series. Six parts. Uh, the podcast was. was Documentary made by the, style or like drama style? No, I think they're, I think drama style. It sounds like. Uh, Hunting Ghislaine right. tells the story of Maxwell... Uh, who allegedly blah, 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 blah. Maxwell vanished when Epstein's life began to unravel, but she reappeared when he arre was arrested by the FBI last year. She denies six charges of enticing girls, blah, blah, blah. Paul Cuddy, Eva Gutierrez, and Jill Green will executive produce for Sony. Uh, that's the 11th hour. That's the Sony company, along with a couple of other people, uh, series consultant, uh, Cuddy, the creative director said, quote, John's compelling podcast, Hunting Ghislaine, puts Ghislaine Maxwell center stage, unravels her story, and asks what went wrong for the girl who seemingly had it all. Set in a richly glittering international world, dark secrets are revealed, and always in the shadows looms the formative relationship between a daughter and her father. It has all the hallmarks of a premium drama. All right. What I find interesting about this, too, is... And uh, uh, who's the, uh, not Peter Thiel. There's an, uh, an investment company. They own Barstool Sports. Peter something. Anyway, um, he went to Spotify and optioned Spotify. So he, he went and cut a deal with Spotify that said, hey, we have, first, we have first rights at all of your podcasts. Meaning that if Spotify has a podcast that gains popularity, they have first right of refusal to whether or not they want to turn it into a movie. So we've entered the stage okay. of where you used to option a book to become a movie. Now people are optioning podcasts to become TV shows or movies. I All find right. that interesting. So my question to everybody in the comments, who would play us in the movie version of Anthony on air? <laughs> I don't know. It's a tough question. The guy from Entourage, Turtle. That's going to be my guy. Everybody always says that. Although he went and lost a lot of weight, and now, now it makes me sound like I don't know how, how heavy I really am when I say that. <laughs> but, no, come on. You know what's really weird? On two separate occasions, I've been told that I remind people of Jimmy Fallon. Those people are lying. And right? Tugging on you. No, there's nothing similar. No, a little bit. Yeah. I'm not saying I agree with them. Yeah, Fallon's way funnier than you are. Um, 
Um, what was I gonna say? Fallon's my guy, though. Yeah, Fallon and I hung out once. I told you. Well, you know that story. Let me pick up this name here. Yeah. <laughs> that for you. That's for you. That's love, for you. You hold on to that. I love dropping a few. Na- I got. I got names to drop, so I'm gonna drop them sometimes. Drop <clears> away. I'll pick them up. That's fine. Um. What was I gonna say? I just realized that you're wearing a Rangers shirt. That's unnecessary. I I don't really care for that. Why? Because because oh, you're a Big Island fan. Well, no, we want to have a certain amount of class on this podcast. We don't want to. Oh, then you'd come to the wrong podcast. No, we don't want to drag that that sort of. No, 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 no class here. What are we talking about? Um. Finally, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem have been cast to play Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. In a I new can see biopic. that. I, a lot of people are saying that's weird casting, but I <clears throat> I see it. I see her. Him, I, I don't know. His face is a little too big for me. I don't think Desi Arnaz had a face that big. You know what I'm saying? Like he got a, a huge face. He got a huge face and a big head. He's got a big old Hillary Clinton head on him. I just it's too it's too He's much. A caricature of himself. Yeah, maybe this is just a bad picture, but I, I don't know about Javier Bardem. But I, I like Nicole Kidman. I feel like she could pull it off. I, I like. Uh, I think she's really good. Is Antonio Banderas too old? Yeah, see, he would have been. That's a good. He might have been. Maybe, but that would have been good. But I also feel like they kind of hit in their older days. What were they in their thirties or forties? Not to say that that's old, but but yeah. It, well, they got the yeah the show. I think they were maybe in their late thirties or something like that. Like Banderas, I think Lucy. can play forty. Like he can play down to forty. I think they could make him. They could work that. Banderas could pull that off. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Bardem. I mean, he's a big dude. And you know what? I to me, he, I'm not saying he can't do it, but I feel like, and he's like a slow talker. He's yeah, like, and can he do funny? A deep voice. Yeah, can he do funny? Like Desi was kind of like up and like excited all the time, and you know. <laughs> He had that I delivery. I can't picture Javier Bardem doing that. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, can we be honest? This is no. not the greatest name of all time, Desi Arnaz. Like, it, it makes just... you want to say Desi Arnazzi. <laughs> no, it doesn't. To me, it just I no. just want to say Desi Arnaz. Like to me, Desi Arnaz should be the most popular person on the like, I, I don't know this i feel like he was at one time he was that name was so i just i don't know there's something about the name desi arnez i don't know what it is it's that sound that sounds was desi so, short for something was it desmond i don't know that would be the most amazing turnaround ever to go from desmond to desi arnez you know desi arnez that's a good one it's a good name beats the hell out of our names oh please <laughs> why don't I give out my last names awful uh, Deadline reporting that Aaron Sorkin has already written the script for the upcoming biopic called Being the Ricardos, which will center on a single week of production of the real-life couple's groundbreaking comedy, I Love Lucy. The film will reportedly depict a major crisis in the marriage and careers of Ball and Arnez and will open with a table read on Monday of the beloved comedy and end with the filming in front of a live studio audience on friday night that's kind of exciting see that is i want to see my big thing is who's going to play fred and ethel mm. see fred older way old i feel like he was way older than all three of them he was like 65 yeah and the rest of them were in their 30s and 40s fred just looked like every grandpa that i knew like every one of my friend's grandpas like look like fred yeah yeah bald always wearing slacks who do you get for that maybe like a jason alexander not bad you gotta I, you gotta like like gruff like he has a gruffness about him you know i can't remember his name but he was in did you see uh the new uh queen's gambit no okay <laughs> did you see did you see the the show the stranger the stranger mm. not the stranger the outsider was it the one with jason bateman and there's like a i think it's the outside outsider or something like that nope nope all right well anyway there's a guy in that he's in both things i'm gonna look him up he could he could play he could play fred mertz what's his second. name bill camp mr shable yes bill mr shible shible camp could do yeah i think he'd be a good fred mertz <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Let's see. There's Bill Camp. This is the guy that Frank's talking about for those of you that are watching on the YouTubes and the Facebook. There he is. Maybe. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. That. What about and like a... You shave his beard. He's he's merch. What about uh, Picard there? What's his name? Oh, he's... Yeah. All right. Um, Patrick... Um, Patrick Stewart? Patrick Stewart. What about Ben Kingsley? Too big. Too big. I think even they are, both of them are a little too old. Are we just trying to name bald guys at this point? <laughs> Any, uh, yeah, let's. <laughs> what about Michael like a. Chiklis. Okay. What about like a Seth Rogen? Too young. You think so? Yeah. Could age Seth him up. Seth Rogen is our age. Yeah, I know, but they could age him up. That hurts. Don't say that because I'm not as. Not nearly as successful as Seth he Rogen. He is. No, not even close. But no, he's a little too young. I, he's got a. I mean, he's way younger than uh, Javier Bardem. I don't think you can go younger. I think you got to get someone older than Javier Bardem mm. for Fred. Yeah. You should audition your son for Little Ricky. Oh, there you go. But it's... <laughs> I'm going to get him to and say... you can love your son's fame. I'm going to say him to, uh, get him to say Babalu. We're going to start practicing for sure. There you go. For sure. I do also love this thing, too, where um, Sorkin did it for the... Um, the Apple documentary that the, the Steve Jobs documentary, where it's just like this little finite window, this small little period of time. I love. Yeah, it doesn't start with their birth and end with their death. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I like those too, but there's something kind of exciting about there's so much here. We're just gonna focus in on this, and and we can yeah. tell this story, and then other people can tell other stories if they want to one day. It's gonna be fun and exciting to. To see what's her name as uh, Lucille Ball. I can't picture her doing that outlandish a thing, you know. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. I can't picture her being wild and and crazy like like Lucille Ball was. Well, I mean, it sounds to me like it's not going to be a lot of that. Like there might we might see little flashes in that as they're doing the read. If and... they don't do the chocolate eating scene, then I don't know what I'm there for. Why am I watching? You know when they eat all the chocolates in the factory? And yeah, yeah. Iconic. There. Iconic scene. Iconic. If they don't do that, then I'm out. I would say most iconic scene from that show, right? I mean. Yeah, I, probably that. I mean, for me, I loved the when, when the Marx Brothers, when Harpo Marx was on it. Yeah. And Lucille Ball dressed up as Harpo and they did the mirror scene. That for me was the best. But yeah, probably the most iconic is that chocolate eating scene my failing is is if they're not if that is not the episode that they're filming that's taking place during this time period that you will see that on a tv somewhere as they come in and out of a scene or whatever or it'll be on in the background or somebody will reference it i because you're right you got to kind of have something of that in in the uh that's people that people are there for you know everybody knows that scene give give the people what they want it's like yeah. the Star Wars people. Give us Jedi and Sith. Stop giving us Han Solo. Damn it. <laughs> I love Han Solo, but we don't need movies about him. We got him. We know. We understand his story. It's like going to see Jedi and Sith. It's like going to see Zeppelin and they don't do uh, Stairway to Stairway? Heaven. Yeah. Yeah. No, come on. You know what we're here for. Yeah. Give me lightsabers and blasters and, and ships that could blow up planets. That's what I want to see. Agreed. Agreed. All right, my friend. I think we'll leave it there. You good? Ain't got anything else? I'm good. Hit those comments. We love uh, seeing all the comments down there. We we try to read all of them. So uh, go go nuts. Yeah, keep uh, keep the comments coming for sure. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, links and info on how you can reach all of us at uh, anthonyonair.com. Uh, enjoy whatever it is you're doing, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>